Well, hey everyone, happy Easter. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Omar and I serve as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And as you all know, listen, we have not been able to meet physically for several weeks now, but by the grace of God, we're still able to meet together via Church Online. And so we're grateful that we have this way of still staying together. And who would have thought that on this Easter weekend, listen, you would be home and I would be home, right? Listen, due to the stay-at-home order, we're all at home, including myself. I'm at home right now. Who would have thought that on Easter weekend, we will all be home? But nevertheless, I really believe the Lord has something to say to each and every one of us. And so thank you so much for tuning in. And if it's your first time with us, man, we're glad that you're tuning in. I, we really believe that God has a special message for you today to encourage you and to draw you closer to him. And so thank you so much uh, for joining us. So if you don't mind, go ahead and pick up your Bibles and open them up to Colossians chapter 2. Uh, we've been in, in a journey at Christ Fellowship through the book of Colossians. Uh, we are in chapter 2, but for today, we're going to go over to verse 13, chapter 2, verse 13, because it's a message specifically for a weekend like this, all right? So you just follow along as I read in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. It says this. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, God made alive together with who? With him, with Jesus Christ. God made us alive together with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the word of the Lord. You know, during the last several months, the one thing that's been on the mind of every single human being is really this fear of contracting this virus called COVID-19. And really, even in the most, the most remote regions of this world, people are concerned about this virus. But what's interesting about it is that this virus didn't start off in multiple places, in multiple people, in multiple continents. No, scientists believe that this virus started with just one person, a 55-year-old man in the province of Hubei, China, and contracted this on November 17th. And in just over five months, this virus has spread to virtually every single people group in this world. And so since the spread of this virus, people have been praying and people have been hoping that some way, somehow, we can find a way, a cure, we can find a way to overcome this virus. And church family, scientists believe that they think they found the way to overcome this, this virus. And the answer lies in this thing called antibodies. Yeah, antibodies. Now, if you're not too familiar with what that is, let me just give you a brief explanation. Antibodies are Y-shaped proteins that are found in the human blood produced by our immune system to combat incoming viruses and to neutralize them. And here's a visual of how antibodies work. The antibodies are designed to fit and attach to specific invading virus molecules. Without them, the virus attacks cells in the body. And the moment that they attach themselves, the healthy cells stop functioning and are doomed to die. By attaching themselves to healthy cell receptors, the toxins burn through the cell after cell and attacking nerves that control breathing, heart rates, and even kidney functions. But when antibodies arrive, everything changes. 
Instead of attaching to cell receptors like the virus do, the antibodies attach themselves to the incoming virus. And once they attach, they neutralize the virus by preventing them from attaching to healthy cells. Pretty amazing, right? And so here's what they think. Here's what this theory holds. That only a person who has endured the pain of this virus, who has endured the suffering of this virus, and has successfully overcome it, they have antibodies in their blood that's necessary to overcome it. And so by giving their blood to other people, they in turn could also overcome this virus and live. And so in essence, only the person who has literally faced death through this thing and overcame it and has overcome it, they alone have the key to be able to help every other person on this earth also overcome this illness. It's pretty fascinating, right? Now, family, let me just bring all of that over to our time together on this Easter weekend. Because what an image of what the resurrection of Christ does for you and what the resurrection of Christ does for me. And by that, I mean like that just like that, only that person who has literally faced death and overcome this virus has the ability to help other people also overcome this virus. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for this weekend. Christ, Jesus Christ, is the only one who has faced sin and death, experienced death himself. But not only that, but also overcame death and come back to life. And therefore, he alone has the ability, has the key to enable other people to also overcome this thing called sin and death and have a future, have a hope, and experience eternal life. Amazing, right? Now, you may be sitting out there right now, and you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor Omar, how does the resurrection of Christ that took place 2,000 years ago, how does his resurrection impact my life today? How does his resurrection give me life, his give me a hope, give me a future? How to do that? Well, we're going to find out from Colossians chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, again, turn to Colossians chapter 2, and you can pick up a pen and paper. You can write down some notes, a journal, or even open up our app and follow along with us. Or the, the, the fill in the blanks are there. But today I have two thoughts for us today on why the resurrection is so important. In fact, write this down as point number one. The, it's because the resurrection gives us hope, gives us hope. And family, the reason that we all need hope in our lives, write this down as small letter A, it's because we all have a deadly virus called sin. In fact, let's go to the passage for today. It says, and you who were dead in your what? In your trespasses. Now, pause right there and circle the word trespass right there in your Bible. You know, because the word trespass there in the original Greek, you know, we always like to remind you here at CF that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Well, the word here for trespasses in the original Greek text 
It, it means to deviate from something, specifically to deviate from truth. And so in other words, God has revealed his good and perfect will for our life. He's revealed his good and perfect will for your family, uh, for your relationship with your spouse, uh, for your family life, for your for your, your, your life at, at, at school, uh, f- his good and perfect will so when we go through, through trials in our life, we can sustain it, uh, his good and perfect will for every single area of our life. And somewhere along the line, listen, we've all deviated from that truth. In fact, that's what scripture calls sin. And here is why sin is such an issue for you and for me. Listen to what it says in the verse carefully. It says this. It says, and you who were what? Who were dead, right? Dead in your trespasses, in your sins. Now, you may be wondering, well, Pastor Roma, why does it say that we were dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses? I mean, yeah, I know that I've messed up in my life. I know I've messed up in my marriage, at home, with my family. I've done things that I'm not proud of. But Pastor, I'm not dead. In fact, listen, I am alive and well. I am watching you right now. So why does it, what did scripture say that I am dead in my sins, in my trespasses? Well, you see, scripture teaches that the consequence of every single one of our sins, whether major or minor, that the consequence of, our, of every sin is pain, that the consequence of every sin is suffering, and that the ultimate consequence of every single one of our sins is eternal death and eternal separation from God. You see, just like the consequence of this virus, the effects of this virus we're all dealing with right now is that someone will experience pain and suffering and, and, and maybe even eventual death and separation from their family members. Listen, in a much more significant way, The consequence of our sin is pain, suffering, and eventual separation from God for all eternity. But you see, the worst part about it is that as opposed to this virus that we're dealing with today, the reality is that every single one of us has this thing called sin, has this thing called a sinful nature. You know, it's interesting that, that... especially when it deals with this thing called COVID-19, everyone's so fearful about the possibility of getting it, right? In fact, I don't have to tell you that people are going through great lengths to be sure that they don't get it. You know, Pastor Carlos, every time he comes into my office, he literally has a glob of antibacterial walking around in his hand the entire time. I tell him, man, you're going to dry your hands with so much antibacterial. And in fact, this last week, my wife went to Publix before the stay-at-home order. And when she was about to check out at the, at, at the register, she looked in front of her and check out who was in front of her at the register, what they were doing. Check this out. Yeah, right? They're taking all the precautions possible, right? They even have a, a Pampers box in front of their face to be sure they don't get this. And so listen, if that's you out there, and you come to our church, and that was you. Listen, more power to you. We support you in protecting yourself and making sure that you don't get any diseases or any this, this whole virus. So we support you. But listen, I can show you that picture because, listen, it's evident people are going through great lengths to be sure that they don't get this thing called COVID-19. 
But here's the thing. When it comes to the deadly virus called sin, we all have it. We all have it. In fact, listen to what God's word says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says this. It says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one, one man, which is Adam, and death through sin, and so listen carefully, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. See, just like this virus came through that one man in China and spread to virtually every people group in this world, when it comes to sin, sin also came in through one man, Adam. And from that point on, every single human being in the history of humanity has been dealing with this thing called sin and a sinful nature. And just like people are clamoring for a cure of COVID-19, listen, in a much more significant way, every single person deep in their heart, listen, we're clamoring for someone to come here and get us rid of all this pain that we endure in life, to get us rid of all this suffering that we endure, to help us overcome this thing called death that we all eventually face and to give us life. Listen, we all want that. And here is the first good news of Easter. Write this down as letter B. Listen, Jesus took on this virus of sin at the cross. Jesus took on this virus of sin at the cross. In fact, let's go back to the passage for today. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, and we just found out what that meant, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. You know, the consequence of sin is what? Is death. That's the legal demands of sin. And then it says, this he set aside, nailing it to the what? Nailing it to the cross. See, Jesus came down willingly to this earth without sin, and he willingly took in all of your sin and all the things you're ashamed of. You know, those things that you are ashamed of that you've done in your, in your, in your spouse, with your, to your spouse, that thing that you've done to your family member, those things that you've done at work that you're not proud of, those things that you did at school that you're not happy with, even those things that you have not shared with anybody in this world, but you know deep down inside you've done them. Listen, and you're ashamed of those things. Listen, the Lord knows those things, and he came down to this earth, got close to you, and took all of that sin, all of that shame, and all of that suffering upon himself. You know, during this time, it's interesting that the group of people who are being praised are our first responders, right? You know, our doctors, our nurses, our people that are police officers, our rescue people, all these people, they're being praised, listen, and deservingly so, right? Listen, they're acting like heroes. Why? Because listen, when everyone else is running away from this virus, listen, they're running to this virus. They're at the front line. And it's been really heartwarming to see so many people in the, around the world just, just praising them and thanking them for what they're doing. In fact, you've seen people honk horns, entire buildings flashing their lights, people coming with signs, people bringing little care packages, flowers to nurses. I mean, it's been really special to see the whole world rally around and just to thank the people who are running to the front lines of this virus. But you know, the more I thought about it, 
It's interesting that every single time one of these doctors, one of these nurses approaches one of these patients, have you noticed they are in full garb and full gear? You know, they have a whole gown, they have an eye shield, they have a face mask, a mouth guard, they have all these different things. Why? Because, yes, they're going to get close, but they don't want to get that virus. But here's the beauty of our Lord. is that he not only came to us without sin, and he not only got close to us, but here's the wonder of what he did for you and for me. It's almost like he took off his protective glory, uh, covering of infinite glory. And he got close to every single one of us. And he took in our sin. He took in our shame. It's almost like he came, got close to us and breathed everything that's inside of us that's painful and that's sinful. And on that cross, here's the beauty of God's message for us. On that cross, he died on that cross and he paid the, he experienced the pain, the suffering, and the death that was meant for you and for me. Listen, if, if first responders are worthy of being praised and thanks and thanked, how much more should we thank and praise our Savior Jesus Christ to go to such great lengths to take in all of our pain, all of our suffering, and this thing called sin upon himself? Amazing, right? And family, not only did he die for your sin and for, and for everything you've done, listen, he also did this, write this down, letter C. Jesus also overcame this virus called sin at the resurrection, through the resurrection. In fact, let's go back to the passage for today. It says this. It says, and you who were dead in your trespasses, in your sins, God has made alive together with who? With him with the Lord Jesus Christ. And families and folks, this is the great news of Easter, that when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he not only defeated sin and death, but he also resurrected to give you and to give me a new life, to give us a hope, to give us a future. In fact, listen, your future, your hope, your joy, everything that God has for you hinges on this one thing called the resurrection. In fact, listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, and if Christ had not been raised, if he had not resurrected from the grave on that Easter morning, listen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. You see, the resurrection of Christ is almost the cornerstone of the Christian faith. It's so important to us. Now, the question that many people ask when they read that passage is this. Well, pastor, it says that if Jesus would not have resurrected, I would still be in my sins. And so the question that people have is, pastor, if Jesus Christ paid for my sins at the cross, why does it say that if he didn't, didn't resurrect, then I would still be in my sins. Well, see, not only did the resurrection prove that he is the savior of the world, the one who paid for your sins, but it also shows us, it also guarantees us that he is the only one, right, that could give us eternal life, right? He alone has the antibodies. He alone has the one who has the ability to give each of us life 
a future, and a hope. In fact, listen, if, if Jesus Christ wouldn't have resurrected from the dead, what good is it if he would have paid for our sins, right? We would never live to experience forgiveness of sins. It's almost like if someone paid for someone else's mortgage that, was, that had died, but they couldn't enjoy it. Why? Because they were still dead. What good is that, right? They're still suffering the consequence of their sin, right? Being dead. And so family, the focal point of our faith is the fact that Jesus Christ resurrected to new life so that you and I could have a future and a hope. See, this is why the early church fathers, as in they always preached about the resurrection. In fact, listen to what it says in Acts chapter 4. Listen to what it says. It says this. It says, and with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. See, the only thing they preached early on was the resurrection. And it's small wonder that the one thing that the opponents of the Christian faith always go after, always try to to dispute, is not the death of Christ. Listen, we all believe, everyone believes that Jesus Christ died at one point. No one refutes that. But everyone goes after the resurrection of Christ. Why? Because they know the power that it holds. And it's because the resurrection, write this down as big number two. This is why the resurrection is so important. is because the resurrection gives you and gives me new life. New life. In fact, listen to what God's word says in 1 Peter. It says this. It says, according to his great mercy, the mercy of God, he has caused us to be what? To be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now notice, it says that he, because of the resurrection, we have been born again. In fact, the reason that we're all born again, that if you're a child of God, you've been born again, It's because when Christ resurrected from the dead, like I said earlier, he has the antibodies, right? He has the ability to give every single one of us life. But then it says that we're born again to a living hope. You see, the reason that a child of God could go through this season that we're going through and every trial in our life, the reason that those of us who have a relationship with God could endure everything in this life is because we have a hope and a future that God has been with, a saving for us, right? That because of the resurrection, we know, listen, yeah, we might go through trials in this, with this whole COVID-19. We might go through trials in a year, five years, 10 years. We might go through difficult seasons in our life, but because Christ resurrected, listen, we don't need to be discouraged. But because Christ resurrected, listen, we don't need to be downcasted. Because Christ is resurrected, listen, we know, that even though where finances are hit, our health is affected, it doesn't matter what happens, ultimately, we're going to have eternal life with Christ. We have a future, we have a hope, and because of the resurrection, listen, he's sustaining us through every single season. So listen, if you're out there and you're going through a difficult time, listen, because the Lord resurrected, remind yourself of this truth, because the Lord resurrected, I can endure all things. Why? Because the Lord is with me. I have a future. I have a hope. And my entire future, my entire life, my entire eternity is in the hands of the Lord who lives. Amen.
Don't you love that? And so listen, the way that you're able to start this relationship with God, the way that you're able to experience this life that he has to offer us is very simple. Write this down, letter A. It's only faith unites you to Christ. Only faith. You know, here, here's the, the wonder of the message that God has for you today. That the way for you to be united with Christ, the way for you to, to start a life with the Lord and have a future and a hope is not by tuning in right now. The way that you can unite to Christ is not by coming to church when we open up in our physical locations. The way to have a future, have a hope to be united with Christ is not to go to a food pantry and help those in need. It's not to go to the house of an elderly person and help them out. It's not by getting your act together. Those, those, are, those are good and great things, honorable things, but they don't unite you to Christ because only your faith and trust in him and what he did for you, died and resurrected, only that unites you to the Lord. See, this is why Jesus told us when he was here on this earth, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have everlasting life, have eternal life. And folks, for those of us who said, yes, I believe in that, I believe that the Lord came down to this earth, died for my sins, resurrected to new life, and I put my trust in him, and I'm experiencing a hope, I experience a future, I see the Lord working my life, right? For those of us who said, man, I started my walk with the Lord, and I have a future and a hope. Listen, the Lord has designed a very special, unique way of displaying the fact that you've trusted him as Savior. And it's what we call baptism. In fact, write this down as letter B. It's our last point for today. Baptism now identifies you with Christ. If faith unites you to his life, baptism now has a way of identifying yourself with the Lord. In fact, let's go back to the verse. But actually, let's go back one verse to verse 12 because it, it, it deals with baptism. This is what it says. It says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. You know, if you ever wondered why baptism is such an important thing for the life of a believer, someone who put their faith in Christ, it's because it actually is what identifies us to him. See, this is why here at CF, we believe in baptism as full immersion because every single person that we see in scripture first comes to faith in Christ and then they show, they reflect that through baptism. In, in many ways, it's really a, a drama of what you experience in, in life. When you get baptized, it's almost a dramatic way of you showing the world that just like Christ died to this world and resurrected to your life, because of what he did, you have experienced the same thing. You see, when someone goes into the waters of baptisms, just like Christ died to this, because of the sins of this world, you're saying that when you go into the water, Right? You're dying to the sins of this world. You're dying. You, you don't want to live the life anymore. You're, you're tired of it. You're, you're ready to leave that part of your life behind. And when you come up from the water, see, just like Christ resurrected to new life, you're saying that just like Christ resurrected to new life, now I live a new life. 
Now I have a future. Now I have a hope. Now I know I have eternal life. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to live a life that honors the Lord. You see, it's a beautiful drama of what's happened in your heart. It's really a symbolism of what's taking place in your heart. Now, if you're out there and you are a believer in Christ and you have never been baptized, man, I, I, I want to challenge you to do it. Now, maybe you're out there you're thinking, well, Pastor, listen, I'm a believer in Christ, but I really just don't want to get baptized. Well, the question I have for you is why not? Why, why don't you want to get baptized? Imagine that when I got married to my beautiful bride, Ashley, right, to my wife, that at the altar we made commitments to each other. We made vows, right? That's what started the relationship, this marriage relationship between me and my wife. But now every single day when I'm home, when I'm leaving the house, for whatever reason, I take off the symbolism of my relationship with him, with her. Doesn't matter where I go, I just take it out. I just leave it at home. She goes out with it. She's doing her thing. She, she's wearing, but me, every time I go off, I take, purposely take it off and I leave it at home. Wouldn't that be odd? that I just never wear my wedding band? Why? Because it's a symbol of this relationship that I have with my spouse. So if you're out there right now and you don't want to get baptized, I want to challenge you, why don't you want to get baptized? Listen, it's the first step of obedience. It's the way that we show the world I have a new life, I have a future and a hope. And it's a very honorable thing in the eyes of the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. You know, in the early church, they used to get baptized on Easter weekend. It was a big, big deal. But right now, there's a weekend meet together, so we can't do baptisms at our physical locations. But guess, but guess what? When we all gather back together as a church family, whenever we open up our doors again, and I believe it's going to be a record weekend for us here at CF, not only CF, at every church in America, I think people are going to be just dying to get back to church and, and worship the Lord together. I think it's going to be a, a, an amazing, amazing record numbers across America, I really believe, across the world. But when we get back together, we're going to have a day of baptism, and we're all going to get together, and whoever you feel comfortable getting, ba- you're getting ba- baptizing you, a friend, a family member, a pastor, whoever you feel, listen, we're going to help set it up so that you can get baptized, and it's going to be a big celebration. It's going to be really, really special, all right? So that's going to take place when we all get back together. But maybe you're out there right now, you're thinking, Pastor, listen, I don't want to wait months or weeks or whatever it is. I don't want to wait to get baptized because I want to get baptized right now. Well, listen, if you have the means, right, if you have a pool or somewhere at your home that you can get baptized, here's where we're going to do some kind of little innovative, right? We're in this this stay-at-home order. We can't go, but but the Lord still wants to take steps of obedience, right? So here's what we're going to do. If there is another believer of Christ, another believer, right, another Christian at home, someone who has confessed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, listen, they could also baptize you. You know, it's not only pastors that can baptize. You know, the Bible, you know, Jesus told us that to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So basically, any person who's a believer in Christ, who's confessed Christ as Savior, they can baptize you. So maybe it's a family member, a cousin, or someone you know. But listen, if that's you, listen, you can get baptized this weekend. So here's what I'm going to challenge us to do. It's a little, little different, but I think it's going to be kind of cool. Um, go ahead and get that person. Go in the pool wherever you can and make sure you get baptized. We're going to walk you through it. But make sure that you record it. 
So after you get baptized in your home, you send us a video, and in a few, in a few weeks or a week or so, sometime, we're going to all compile it together. We're going to celebrate it together, the people who decided to get baptized on Easter week, all right? So listen, if you want to get baptized either when we gather together in physical locations or this week at your very home, it's very easy. Go to cfmiami.org slash baptism, and there, fill out that form. You can check off get baptized at our local, uh, at, at our, one of our campuses, or I want to get baptized this week. And if, and one of our pastors is going to follow up with you, make sure that you have the right understanding of, of it, get, get you ready, ask you questions, you know, walk you through it, get that person that's going to baptize ready to go. We're going to help you through this process. But nevertheless, listen, whether you're going to get baptized at one of our locations or at home, it doesn't matter. Listen, the key thing is for you to take that step of obedience, right? So go to our website, fill it out, and we'll get you all ready to go. But hey, maybe you're out there right now, you're thinking, Pastor, I'm not even at the point of baptism because I don't have a relationship with God. And I want to start that relationship with the Lord. I understand that's only my faith in Christ that enables me to be forgiven of my sins and start a walk with the Lord and give me a future and a hope. I, I get that. And so what do I do? Well, listen, I want to lead you through a prayer, okay? And this prayer is not a poem or it's not a script that we have here at CF. It's simply me helping you, wherever you're at, talk to your Heavenly Father for the first time and start a relationship with the Lord, okay? And so if that's you, all of us is going to bow our heads and I'm going to lead you through a prayer right now, and you pray this, pray this quietly to yourself, but don't pray this to me, right? I'm just simply a man. You pray this to the Lord who loves you, who died for you, and has a future and a hope for you, right? Pray this with me. Father God, we come, I come before you, and I realized that without you, I have no hope. Without you, I have no future. And I realized that I have sinned before you. So I come before you today on this Easter weekend and I confess my sins before you. I ask you for forgiveness of my sins. And today, Lord, I put my trust and my faith in you. And so, Father, today, help give me eternal life, give me a future and give me a hope. And for the rest of my life, oh Lord, help me to live a life full of hope Give, help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. And so thank you, Lord, for what you did at the cross, for the way that you resurrected, and for the fact that you give me new life today on this Easter weekend. God, I love you and I thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, church family, you know, thank you so much, man. And thank you for, for, if that was you, man, we're excited for you. And man, we're going to give you some next steps now for you to start to fill out a connection card and for so that we can follow up with you and help you start in your walk with God and listen this is the best decision that you're going to take listen this whole thing is temporary of COVID-19 but your eternal future is will always be an issue and listen today you, you went from life to death to life and so we're super excited for you and uh, hey make, make sure to tune in next week uh, we're starting a brand new series called survive and thrive how to survive and thrive in your christian faith here in a city like miami so tune in next week as we continue our study through the book of colossus right love you all have a great easter weekend